Isn't that awesome? You know what? It's amazing. Last year, we had about 1,000 people come through from the beginning until the end and drop off food. I believe we, was it 1,200 pounds of food, I think, that we ended up gathering, and we were able to uh, raise, it was, it was over $1,000, a little more, I can't remember. I'm not going to misspeak, so it was at least over a grand in, in, through the raffles, and it was just a wonderful opportunity to invite people into an atmosphere of believers who love God, love their neighbor, and love their city. And we're in an interesting time right now because the truth is Christians get a lot of bad press. And um, there are a lot of people who actually, even if they've encountered a Christian, many times they don't know it. They just assume you're a really good person. And you must not be a Christian because as far as they've seen, usually it's the guy holding the sign that's a Christian. Right? So it's really strategic for us to do different things in our community, not necessarily to present the gospel uh, in its fullness, but to present the kingdom of which the gospel speaks. And this is one of those opportunities. And there's a couple beautiful things that happen when we do this resound, is that we do it together with other churches. So we get together with uh, Willamette Christian Center, with um, King's Grace, with... uh, um, Uh, Calvary Chapel with um, This Generation Church with Life Bible and all together uh, and I've missed a couple as well I believe um, the Lutheran Church and um, First Christian and so we get together and we get an opportunity to serve our city in a really practical way and that's the same thing that we do with Project Hope where we help the schools and this is really really important for us because it gives us the opportunity to demonstrate the love of God and 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 actually I'm going to segue into my message here in just a moment but we cannot underestimate how powerful simple things are amen and so this is one of those things where it's a, it's a small thing, but it's a, but it's a really, really big deal. And this year we're going to be at uh, Lyle Day Park, which will be very cool, right across from Bymart. We talked with Susan, the director at Local Aid, and um, she is going to actually be offering tours so people who haven't been a part of Local Aid, um, they can come in and see the facility and see what's going on. So it's just going to be a fantastic opportunity to serve, to connect, and also to have a fantastic time. Um, we've got a couple bands here from Christ Center that are going to be doing music, and then we've got Rock Climbing Wall, we've got all kinds of games. And so what we want to do is we really want to do this well, and we want to love our city well. Um, uh, I don't know, how many of you guys got a flyer in the mail, Resound? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Aren't those beautiful? I don't know where the rest of you didn't get your flyer yet. Have you guys checked your mail? Um, At any rate, what I do want to do is I'm going to pray right now, and I'm going to ask for you guys to agree with our prayer. And we do also want to just very quickly, we do want to ask that we could all sow into Resound. There are some costs involved, and um, so we want to just ask that you would partner with us in that. We try not to take two offerings in a day very often, but this is one of those things that we say, you know what, we believe in this. Let's do this. Let's invest in this. Does this seem like a good thing to invest in? All right, so I'm going to pray, and they are going to take an offering specifically for that. They're also going to do something while I preach today. If you can't give financially, that's totally fine. Uh, There's something else that you can do, um, or you can do both. You can sign up for a two-hour shift to help with either manning one of the jump houses or um, helping uh, to take money for the dunk tank. Um, You can help with setup, tear down. So we'll be passing around a clipboard, and if you would all sign up for that, that would make it really easy. Why why was that funny? You're not all going to sign up? You're all going to sign up, aren't you? 
All right, well, that clipboard's going to be passed around today. It really is a great time. It's been a fantastic opportunity. So I want to pray, and they're going to pass that out, and then I'm going to start speaking to you from the Word today. So, Lord, I want to thank you, God, that you've given us something so simple as to put together a festival where we can eat food, where we can listen to music, where we can have raffles, where we can have dancers come and, and bring an atmosphere of heaven, where we can eat Joe Land's fantastic pulled pork sandwiches, which brings an atmosphere of heaven. And Lord, you are going to bless our city, and people are going to encounter your love through simple things done in the name of Jesus. And so we say yes to that, Lord, and we ask that you bring all the details together. And we ask that this city would know that there is a Christ because his people are willing to serve in large ways and in small ways. And so, Lord, we're asking for your blessing. We're asking for you to be glorified. And we're just honored to be a part of it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So that uh, the clipboard and the basket will be going around. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll multitask because we can do that sort of thing. Yes? All right. Any minute now. There we go. All right. I was hoping it wasn't going to be two times in one day when I, you know, I love technology. I don't even know what we did. Did you guys used to actually bring your Bibles to church back before technology came along? Some of you still do, and I'm very proud of you. I'm very, very proud of you. And actually, don't you love, how many of you love the Bible app on your smartphone? Is that not the greatest invention? I mean, really, I think it's the, there hasn't been as good of adventure since the Bible, and now you have your iPhone and the Bible. Or if you're still in the old covenant, you have some other kind of smartphone. Did you see that? Did you like that? All right, I better, I better get to what I'm supposed to be doing here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you that you sent us the Holy Spirit. Lord, we don't even... We don't even pretend to be able to move forward without your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the disciples had been working with Jesus, and they actually had just gone out and done a whole bunch of ministry previous to this part of the scripture that I'm, that I'm sharing with you. And... Um, and so, Jesus, so they come back and they're telling him, they're reporting to Jesus all the different things that they had preached and that they had done and, and what had happened. And Jesus is listening and, and he's, you know, he's going, oh, that sounds awesome. And then he says this to them. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. And they went away in the boat to a secluded place by themselves. The people saw them going, and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things when it was already quite late. His disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate, and it's already quite late. Send them away so they may go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii, which is about eight months wages, on bread and give them something to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go, go and look. 
And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down by groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. There we go. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food and he broke the loaves. And he kept giving them to the disciples to set before them. And he divided up the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also of the fish. And there were 5,000 men who ate the loaves. Can we bring up the lights? Now, I want to start with this. They just got done doing amazing ministry and they come to report to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, there's a revival happening. And Jesus listens and he says, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. Now there's a Selah right there. The disciples come back and they're telling Jesus about all the extraordinary things that God is doing right there. They're telling him, God is moving. There's revival in our midst. We, we need, isn't this incredible? And Jesus looks at them and he sees the need to step away from what's going on and go away to a secluded place. Come away to a secluded place. You know, scholars have, have looked and studied the life of Jesus, and as, and as, you, and as you take a look at it, what, what we see in the pattern of what Jesus did as he was spending time with the disciples is he spent about 18 months of the little over three years of his ministry alone with the disciples. 18 of those months he spent coming away and explaining things to the disciples, unpacking what had just happened, talking to them about, about what he's doing and how he's doing it. And you know what he was doing as well? He was demonstrating to the disciples how they needed to live in order to accomplish what he was asking them to accomplish. He was showing them, he was showing us how we are to live. Could somebody turn on these lights up here? It is really dark in here. How he wants us to move forward, how he wants us to understand how to live in the midst of his kingdom advancing. And he took 18 of those months. Now, here's the thing that I think is really interesting. How many of us uh, would say you live a pretty busy life? I mean, just be honest. How many of you would say, if I were to report to you the kind of life I live, the word I would use that would fit would be busy? All of us, right? Yeah, all of us. And that's okay. I mean, we do live in the West, and the culture that we live in is a very busy culture. We, we pride ourselves on being busy, actually. Stress is almost like a badge that we wear. I'm stressed. Why? Because I'm important and I make big decisions. If I was a little person and didn't make big decisions, I wouldn't be stressed, you know, like you. We, we, we have a tendency to be addicted to busyness. And it's because, on one hand, it's because that's part of our design. God is a creator, and he created us to create. But Jesus comes in, and he demonstrates, and what I think is, is fair to say, Jesus was living a very busy life, wasn't he? I mean, he is, he is establishing a kingdom in the earth. He's establishing a new covenant and fulfilling the promises to Abraham. He's raising people from the dead. He's growing out limbs. He's healing the lame. He's, he's, he's healing the dumb and the deaf. 
And he's also discipling the future leaders of that kingdom. So I would say Jesus was very busy. But Jesus did something that was extraordinary. In the midst of Jesus' ministry, Jesus taught the disciples, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. I only have two points to this message today. And the first point that many of us, I believe, are missing in, in our lives is the mandate and the invitation that Jesus gives us to come away to a secluded place and rest with him. Now, I believe that happens on a large scale. I believe that it is absolutely beautiful and good and right that we must come away to a secluded place and break away from the busyness of life, the decision-making, the, the, all the good things you guys understand that Jesus wasn't telling these guys to lay down the wicked, earthly, carnal things that they were doing and come away with him. He was actually telling them to step away from the extraordinary works of God that they were doing and come away with him. And many of us need to realize and, bring, and allow God to bring value, and we need to value that opportunity to draw away from the good things that we're doing and refresh and rejuvenate and, and allow the Lord to interpret to us what is going on right now. To interpret good things. Not to rescue us from negative things. I mean, yes, he does also rescue us from negative things. But I don't think in this tribe, I don't think I'm talking to people who need to be told that they need to step away from negative things that are destroying your life. I don't think most of us are involved in negative things that are destroying our life. If we are, then Lord, give us grace. Let's go ahead and come away from those as well. But I'm talking about, I'm talking to a people who need to back away from the good things and say, Lord, will you interpret to me? Will you speak to me about how I'm living this life? Or perhaps the good thing that I'm supposed to continue to do, but I've lost my perspective. And God says to you, come away to a secluded place and rest a while. So you need to take a week off. And, and in that week, maybe that particular week isn't the mission trip week. Use, use a different week for the mission trip week. I want you to take that one too. But you need to take a week off and not make big decisions. And you need to rest and you need to rejuvenate, and you need to let the Lord bring back perspective so that you don't grow weary in well-doing. And you know what? Jesus demonstrates this with the disciples. But then there's also another come away with me into a secluded place, which actually is more in line with this moment in time, this, this historic time that happened with Jesus. The disciples come away with Jesus, and they went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. And we're going to see in just a moment that they didn't get to get to the secluded place. What ended up being the secluded place was the boat ride. Okay? There was a boat ride, and they were with Jesus in the boat, and that was the secluded place for that moment, for that day. I want you guys to, to grab a hold of this, that God puts within our days a secluded place where we can come away with him. You see, our day is to start out in that secluded place. We get to, to rise up my secluded place, thanks to Herb Christensen, who gave me the most extraordinary coffee maker. I just want to thank the Lord for his lack of wisdom to hold on to that thing. But I'm going to assume it was just the Lord blinded him, that he didn't realize how beautiful it was, and he gave it to me. And I love it. I love it. And I love you, Herb. 
And every day I get up and I turn that little thing on and it makes some noise while it warms up. And I'm, it's, like, it's like worship to me. I just immediately begin to worship the Lord. Father, I worship you right now. And then I, I go and I, I powder my nose and such like, and then I come back and my coffee's ready. And I grab that cup of coffee and I sit down with the word and I get into that boat. I get into that secluded place. And you know what? I love you all, but I don't answer your texts in that moment. I don't pick up the phone. I don't check my email. I don't check Facebook. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do anything. I go into my secluded place, and, I, and I, do, I pick up this second greatest invention after the Bible, and I open up my Bible app, and I drink my coffee, and I spend time with Jesus in the boat. And he sets the tone for the day so that when I get into that day, as I step into the day, as we step into the day, we're not stepping out of, out of that boat and, and we're, we're stepping into the boat of his grace. We're stepping into the place of his rest. We're starting from a point of rest. We're not waking up in that moment and going, okay, I've got like 10,000 things to do today, so I'm going to go ahead and start shaving right now. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would meet me while I'm getting in the car. And Father, I just want to thank you right now. Just put a little bit of my list. No, 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 no. He, he's not your PA, personal assistant. Jesus is not your personal assistant. You're Jesus' personal assistant. Sometimes we get a little confused about that, I think. I think we wake up in the morning, we're like, Lord, do you, uh, do you have on your iPhone? I've got a list. Why don't you take this down? I want you to take this down. I'm very, very busy. You know that, Lord? You know that I'm very, very busy. And Jesus says, whoa, <laughs> I do know that you're very, very busy. However, come away with me into a secluded place. Let's begin from the secluded place. And you know what it does? You will do more in less time if you start with Him. You will do more in less time and you will think smarter if you come from a place of rest. Did you know that you are physiologically incapable of thinking more clearly when you're stressed? You can still think, but it's not your best work. Have you ever heard the term blind with rage? How many of you know that when you're really, really stressed, that when other people mess with your schedule, I was getting fancy there, it makes you angry, doesn't it? Because you're like, don't you understand how busy I am? Can you just do the thing that I need you to do so my things will work? And you're angry because they're messing with your schedule. <laughs> and you're angry because you're stressed. And do you guys know that when you're angry, you don't think very clearly? Which means your next tax, task, tasks, see? I must be angry and stressed. I can't even speak. Your next task at hand is not going to get your best work, is it? And so here's what we do. In each day, God provides these boat rides for you. And I want to ask every one of us that we would consider beginning the day in the boat. So that when, because we're about to go to the other side, and there's some extraordinary things that are going to happen. But I want to suggest to us that you'll see more extraordinary things happen if you start the day out in the boat with Jesus. 
as opposed to the program that many of us are doing, which is that we were running around gathering the people to come meet Jesus on the other end, yes? And when we show up, we're exhausted and we're stressed. And that is not the picture that God's giving us here, is it? What do you guys think so far? Are you with me? What do you think about a boat ride with Jesus? Does that feel good? It's the secluded place. It's the place where he unpacks it. I felt like the worship this morning was so beautifully orchestrated by the Lord. And, and, as, and as, uh, as Wendy, beautiful Wendy, was praying that prayer of waiting on the Lord, he's always with us and, that, and his presence is with us, but we wait for more of his presence. You guys remember when Jesus went up and he was transfigured. But you guys all know that the Holy Spirit was within Jesus all the time. Remember the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained. But there was something about when Jesus took Peter and John and he went up onto the mount and he was waiting upon the Lord and then he was transfigured and then they saw him in this whole different state, didn't they? The presence of God showed up in a whole different state, didn't it? They were waiting. They went and they waited and something different happened. And I believe that there's a key here for us when we talk about come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. We have to understand that part of, part of that coming away, part of that resting is that you wait for the manifest presence of God. Are you guys catching this? You see, we actually are so accustomed to busyness as a mark of virtue. And, and I'm certainly not preaching against work. I mean, God put us in the garden, told us to be fruitful and multiply, and gave us a job. Take care of the garden, right? So a job is not part of the curse. It's part of the, it's part of the creation. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to work. But then that can be taken too far, and if we miss the part where we rest, if we miss that part, what we then do is we begin to spiritualize our dysfunction. We begin to come in, and then suddenly we're expecting sort of this microwave relationship with God. You know, we, we want to Google it. Presence now. Okay, well, we're in song two, and I don't feel a thing. Robert and Wendy are having a bad day today, clearly. I don't feel anything right now. The Lord must not be speaking to this worship team today because they picked terrible songs. I'm not feeling anything, right? But, what, but what's really happening? Let's go back to that prayer. It's such a beautiful prayer, such a true and wonderful thing to say, Lord, I've come in. I'm worshiping you. It matters not the style. I'm worshiping you, but I am waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. And also, I'm waiting for my heart to recognize yours. Do you see that? And what happens as you're in that secluded place is you begin to recognize the Spirit of God in your life. You recognize the voice of Jesus. It's much easier for you to enter into deep worship in a, in a corporate setting when you're used to entering in, into deep worship by yourself. This is so elementary, we actually miss this. And so when I'm used to his presence, when I'm used to finding him each day, when part of my day includes a few boat roads, boat roads, boat rides, <laughs> on the road, I can't save it, um, 
what happens is I begin to find it much more easy to find the Spirit of God wherever I go. Does that make sense? And I believe what the Lord is doing is he's saying, listen, so many of us, you guys, we're a tribe that is really wonderfully engaged. We're engaged. You're, you guys, the, I mean, last week's sermon was wonderful. We all understand that we're Stevens. We're waiters. We're, we're serving up the kingdom, and we're doing it in the ministries that we've been given. We're, we're on school boards. We're on city councils. We're, we're, we're foster parents. We're adoptive parents. We're running businesses. We're providing jobs. We're, we're working in schools. We're volunteering in schools. We're cleaning up schools. We're working at local aid. We're, we're heading up sozo ministries and prayer ministries and worship teams. And, and we're worshipers and we're inventors and we're creators and we're, and we're ministers in whatever sphere of influence that you're serving. And not only that, but we actually understand that we're bringing the atmosphere of heaven into that. We understand that. This is not something new. This is something we understand. It's something that, that's inspired your hearts, has it not? It's, you understand that. You, you realize you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what, what we have to do in this calibrating today is to realize I need to live in a rhythm of grace, a rhythm of wisdom from God so that I don't burn out and forget what I'm doing. That I don't become bitter because, because I'm getting wrecked and not in a good way. I'm getting shipwrecked in this life because I don't know how to turn it off. And I've lost my perspective. I've lost my ability to find the presence of God in the ministry that he's given me anymore because I don't come away and let him explain it to me and let him remind me. You know, I just had the, the pleasure of talking with a young woman who's just started a new job, and she's discovering these foibles that we all discover, the, the frustration of a, a newly trained middle manager. Woo! How many say amen on that, right? So the, the learning curve of a middle manager. That right there is a say law, just, oh, baby. Anyway, apparently some of you have never had this experience. Okay, I'm going to move on. And so as this person is processing this new challenge, they're processing the new challenge of, of, of giving grace to someone who's not good at their job yet, but has authority over you. Oh, right? That's kingdom. And it was such an honor to get to talk with this person as they're learning how to, to extend grace, to remain humble, and to realize they themselves will be in that very same position at some point. That's kingdom. And as, and as I got the opportunity to sit with this person, it was very, very cool, and it made me think about this as I knew I was going to be preaching this, and I was thinking about how Jesus would take the disciples aside and he would explain things to them. And Jesus is available in the boat for each of us to take us aside into a secluded place and to say, come and rest. Don't make any decisions right now. This isn't about the list of things we're going to do. Do that in a minute. But first, come and rest. And let me explain some things to you. Quiet yourself and just be with me. Let me set the agenda. I'll be Jesus and you be my little sister or my little brother, whichever you are. And, and we'll let dad come by virtue of the Holy Spirit and unpack how these things are working. And Jesus was doing this with the disciples. He was explaining to them how things worked. 
And this is what we must allow to happen in our lives. We must embrace this rhythm of grace that God demonstrated in saying, come away and rest with me in each day. Can you guys receive that? I believe that the primary reason why we lose our joy is because we miss this part. In fact, I want to go beyond that. I want to say the primary reason why we lose our joy is because we forget this part. When we, when we quiet ourselves before the Lord and we allow him to speak to us and to set the agenda and we're in the habit of coming away daily and letting him assess with us. We, we do it in the morning and, and we do it as we walk and we, we sit down at lunch and we break bread and we, we take those moments and we do it in the evening. But for me, it's primarily the morning and the evening. I mean, I, I, I talk with him and I walk with him all through the day, but, but my secluded place is first thing in the morning and it's the last thing at night. And, 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 and I start the day with him and I debrief with him at the end of the day. And, and many times he'll come to me and, you know, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. And he'll, just, he'll let me know, hey, that, that thing you said today, I just need to let you know. Your, your, your heart started out in the right place, but then you got tempted to be a smart aleck and you just went with it and you get to clean that up tomorrow. You know, and, 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 and I have to, and I'm glad to, because I am who he says I am. I'm a great guy. I love people. But sometimes pride comes and wraps itself up in funny, and man, that is just it's tempting stuff for me. And so, so he debriefs with me, and he wants to debrief with us. You know, people hurt us during the day, and, and sometimes we have to just get away and get back in that boat. And let Jesus come in and say, you know what? People will hurt you. They really will. In fact, the people that you help the most oftentimes will be the ones that hurt you the most. I, I didn't say oftentimes. I want to I, I amend that. Sometimes will hurt you the most. It's not often. It's sometimes. Sometimes those that you help the most, they will hurt you the most. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay. I give you permission to forgive them. I give you permission to not learn any valuable lessons about that because you know what, it's worth it and I love them and I love you. And it's okay. And he gives you that grace. But you know what, you won't find that grace unless you stop long enough to actually think about this, to actually come in and find out what he thinks about this. I believe that one of the things that hinders us the most in our, in our encounters with the Lord, and, and even these corporate encounters with the Lord, is that sometimes we forget that this isn't a show. I mean, we have such extraordinary musicians here that it very well could be a show, but it's not a show. It's just not. And it, it's, 
And when, and when we find ourselves sort of having a hard time engaging, sometimes I think it's because we forget that we've come here to meet together with him. And we forget that we need to begin to get in the boat and wait on him. You see, when they got into the boat, they didn't get to choose which direction the boat was going. They didn't get to choose what music was going to be on the boat radio. They, they didn't get to choose any of that. They just got in the boat with Jesus. And then they didn't get to choose how much wind was going to blow on the sail while they went across that lake. So however long that boat ride was going to be, well, that was up to Jesus too. And, and what am I getting at here? I'm getting at that there's a beauty when we begin to surrender our life completely and totally in such a way that when we come into these corporate gatherings, we begin to see them as one of those times where we get in the boat with Jesus. And we trust that, that there's a method to the timing that he's setting up in that day. And we trust that, that, that maybe those aren't our favorite songs today, but he's trying to say something. He wants to do something. And so we allow ourselves then to go into that place and to say, Lord, what are you doing right now? I know that you're here in the boat, so how can I bless you right now? Is there anything you want to explain to me right now? I'm going to stop trying to change the channel on the radio to my favorite song and wishing that if they would just play my favorite song again, I'd like the boat ride better. Or, or if they'd have my favorite disciple telling the testimony right now, then, then I'd have a much better day, you know? I'm sure there were some of the disciples, oh, good, Peter's going to tell another story. I hate it when Peter talks. I wish John would get up. He's much sweeter, Right? And, and we can get pulled into that, but when we begin to realize, no, Jesus is here, and I'm just going to rest right now, and I'm just going to take whatever the Lord brings today, because I'm here to meet with him, and I'm with the other disciples of Christ right now, and I'm going to quiet myself before him, and I'm going to receive from him what he wants to give me today, and I'm going to give him everything I have. And I really believe if we will allow the Spirit of God to begin to shift that, and we'll remember that He's the Lord again, and, and, and come into that place of rest, then I think that we'll be able to have permission to cease from striving, even in our meetings. You know, even in our meetings, we can sometimes bring sort of this expectation of what others should do so that the kingdom of heaven will expand more quickly, or so that the church would grow better, or or so that more miracles would happen, or whatever. We all have things that we bring. Are you guys with me? But the truth is, when we gather, Jesus is here. And that's what we came for. Jesus and his awesome brothers and sisters. But if I think that I gathered with a bunch of brothers and sisters, and that if they'll act awesome enough, Jesus will show up, well, then that gets little problematic right away how many of you how many of you would say I want to get in the boat this was half of my message and um, but I, I think it's done because I think this was a, a whole message and I can always preach the other half at another time but I want to ask the worship team to come back up and um, 
There was a song that they were singing today, and it was just sweet. And I'd just like for us to just connect with him today. And what we're going to do... is we're going to respond to him. I don't even think I'm going to have the prayer servant team come up today. um, Because I really want us to just get in the boat with Jesus. And And then when he releases you, just take that peace with you. And go out and be who you are because you're beautiful. Um, I do think that just in the spirit of no matter what the Holy Spirit is doing and no matter what's going on, he is always, always, always excited about weddings. And um, so I am very excited to have Carlton and Jordan Mills all newly married and as a couple here in the house today. So you see... Carlton's beautiful bride back there, Jordan, why don't you wave? And actually, Carlton is going to be singing and leading this song as we all get in the boat. But I just want to say, Lord, thank you for this beautiful new couple and what you're creating and making these two one. Lord, I pray that their marriage would be blessed and their journey would be sweet. And Father, we want to get into the boat with you now. We want to come away into a secluded place Lord, in the areas where, where we have agendas, where we have even good things, Lord, but they've become more important than you. Oops. So, Lord, today, we turn our affection to you and we trust in your leadership and your lordship. I just want you to feel free to just, once you know you're in that place and you've sensed that release, then you just, you just go out and just in, go from that place of rest and enjoy this, this day. And tomorrow when you wake up, start out in the boat again, okay? And we're just going to worship and enjoy.